Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpe and Peter Torpe. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. Can you imagine playing ice hockey with your eyes closed? Well, we'll talk to some people today that set up a team of people who are visually impaired who do play ice hockey, and we'll see just how rewarding and fun it can be. We'll speak with Lonnie Evans, Director of Operations for Wild Blind Hockey, the companion team to the Minnesota Wild Hockey National Hockey League team. We'll learn about how the team came about, modifications used to make it possible to play with limited or no vision, and how much this means to the players. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Lonnie Evans. Keep your stick on the ice and a smile on your face. Oh, that's perfect. And the way you describe it, I'm sure that's how all of your players behave. Well, you know what? Not to be super idealistic about it, but I think that's generally quite true. The point is to have fun after all, right? Yeah, it does circle back to that. Because if you're not having fun and you're, but you're working really hard or you're doing all these different things and it's not fun for you, I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> Support for Eyes on Success is provided by Ira, an app that remotely connects people who are blind or have low vision to trained agents for access to visual information. Details are available at 1-800-835-1934. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Let's start by meeting Lonnie and learning about how he got involved with visually impaired people playing ice hockey. I'm Lonnie Evans, and I am Director of Operations for the Minnesota Wild Blind Hockey Program here in Minnesota. Is that your day job, or is that for fun? Uh, it's absolutely for fun. Uh, it's not my day job. It's, it's a volunteer opportunity. Actually, I work for a nonprofit. We're a hot meal provider for folks in need, and we served last year over a million meals, and that keeps me awfully busy. But then when I'm not working, I get to go play and um, just have a, have a wonderful time on and off the ice with uh, our players, our families, our coaches, and volunteers. And this is a blind ice hockey league. Are you also blind? I am not blind. I do not experience any vision issues, but uh, I, I got involved initially because I've been involved with Minnesota and USA Hockey on the disability side. Our daughter used to play hockey on two prosthetic legs, and as a result, got connected within the local community, but also nationally. And then I got an email from a friend who oversees the disabled side of hockey here in Minnesota. I like to call it the disability side, but uh, asking if I would be interested in starting the blind hockey program. And my friend was not aware of the fact that my grandfather had lost his vision when I was young. And so uh, it was very personal for me uh, because I got to go with my grandpa and I would take him fishing and out on the boat and different activities. And then as I started driving, I would take him to events out in this area. That's a, a big motivator for me is uh, my grandfather. 
Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. That's very rewarding. Oh, very much. And, you know, it's predictable when people say, oh, you get more out of it than you give. Uh, but I think that's so true in the situation where uh, it brings such just joy and pleasure to me to be out there and um, and partnering with people. I think it's really important that uh, everybody understands and thinks of this as a partnership and not something that any of us is doing something for someone else. But we are coming alongside with somebody who wants to do something uh, within the hockey world, and we do it together. Now, Minnesota isn't quite Canada, but it's really close, and hockey is apparently very popular in Minnesota. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is all about playing ice hockey with a visual impairment. So how long has this organization been around in Minnesota? It sounds like it's something relatively new to that area. Yes, it is. We're very new. We had our inaugural season started last year in October of 2018. We finished our first season at the beginning of March 2019. So we have one season under our belt, and we are already planning and anticipating how to make it better for year two and going forward. And how did this exactly come about? It's tough to start a new team someplace and find people who are interested and get it all together. Yeah, it is. Um, we're, we, in a sense, we're starting from scratch, but also there's a lot of great programs already in existence for folks without any uh, physical or cognitive developmental issues. And so with those models in place, it's kind of tweaking it to, to make it work for folks with uh, vision issues. So there are some things in place that we can kind of tap into and, and build off of, but definitely a big learning curve and getting the word out there and trying to uh, encourage folks to give it a try who maybe have some hesitations. And yet we also have other folks on the end of the spectrum who, man, they've been waiting for something like this, maybe thought it would never be here. And now it's finally their turn to play hockey and be a hockey player. I gather hockey's pretty popular in Minnesota. It is. Yeah, hockey is so popular here that when you tell folks that you're part of the Minnesota Wild Blind Hockey Program, people tend to take notice because they know what hockey is. They probably know someone if they don't play themselves. There aren't that many layers removed from it. And so I think it really validates our players and their families and significant others to be part of the hockey community. How did you inspire people to join this team? I mean, sometimes in some communities, you don't find so many visually impaired people. Yeah. In terms of recruiting and getting the word out, one of the probably most significant channels that we have utilized is teachers who work with students with visual impairments. And so we have some teachers who have come out and, and help us run practice and skate and everything. And so for them to speak to their students, uh, I think has been a really natural entry point for people. And throughout the season, we kept getting new people 
in part because of those teachers. So that's been a really important recruiting piece. Word of mouth from our players to reach out to their friends and fellow students, coworkers, just within their network. That's been a really great recruiting piece as well. I know that uh, the Minnesota Wild, Minnesota Hockey, and some of our sponsors have done a lot to get the word out there too. So when the Minnesota Wild put something during a broadcast or on the big screen, something about Minnesota Wild Blind Hockey, again, people tend to sit up and take notice, and uh, it really validates our efforts. And the Minnesota Wild is your National Hockey League team, right? Yes. So at the end of one season, and I assume the program will grow and grow over the years, roughly how many players do you think you have? Throughout the season, we had some fluctuations in terms of numbers. It's definitely the type of program where we want to encourage people to come out, and if they're on the fence or they're just not sure, we would rather have them try it out and take the chance and make that decision for themselves based on experience versus kind of ruling it out before they even tried it. So we figured we would have some players consider it and step away, and that did happen. But we also had some players join us along the way and probably up to our last week. And so we finished the year with probably about 20 skaters, and that's kids through adults, nine-year-old through probably 55 years old, men and women. So we are definitely a diverse group. And how many teams would that form out of 20 people? Well, yeah, at this point, we are going to be splitting up into two groups. We are going to be, for lack of a better term, I'd say an inexperienced group and more experienced group, not really emphasizing competition or drive because you can certainly uh, be driven and not have a lot of experience. But we are going to be splitting our ice time into two 45-minute blocks so that we can separate those two groups on the ice and yet still have some interactions and allow for networking and support between those groups. That's a great idea to uh, split it up like that, because I wouldn't guess you'd want a nine-year-old playing against the 25-year-old in the same rink. No, you sure don't. You, you don't, and yet we don't want to lose um, one of the really important aspects, I think, off the ice is that, again, that networking and the support and I'd love to see us do more in terms of providing links for our players and families, hockey-related and otherwise, that would be of benefit to them. And so, yeah, I think it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to stay engaged without having to literally run into each other on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> That's always an option. Which is a really important consideration. It's a, yeah. it, really, it really is important. The other thing that sounds nice about this program is it sounds like it is not as competitive as some sports tend to be these days. I mean, I'm really distressed when you see some of these teams are so competitive that the parents are getting into fistfights. You know, for me, sports and in being involved in sports has always been just about the fun of interacting with other people and doing something physical. Yeah, I think you make a, a, a good point there. I've always told people when it comes to the disability side of hockey uh, that I've been involved with for, for many years, 
is I think we have a great balance between competition and cooperation that you don't always see in hockey or other sports. And so it's really fun to see that side of it. Uh, it, it kind of brings me back to when I was coaching my own kids. They were growing up in different sports, and I'd always start off with, you know, have fun, be a good teammate, be a good player for your coach, that type of thing. Before I even ask, do you want more advice or do you want to talk about the game or anything like that? Those are some really fundamental things that I wanted my kids to be mindful of going into it. You know, have fun, enjoy it and all that. And I would say it was a really fun season that way. It was really fun to see people come to life who maybe played hockey before and never thought they would again, or for those who are the brand new venture. But I think fun would be a, a good dis- uh, description of what happened last year and that we absolutely want to build off that for next year. So in ice hockey, you have a whole bunch of people on the ice. They're all skating pretty fast. They've all got big sticks, and then there's a puck. Yeah. How do you modify the rules and or equipment so that a team of blind people can play this? Sure. Uh, another great question. Some of the modifications would include equipment. So, for example, our puck is considerably bigger. It's metal. It has bearings, so it makes noise. Not the whole time does it make noise, so there are times when you can tell when it stops making noise that people with reduced vision have a harder time tracking it. And then the noise of the rink and all these other things going on, it can be really difficult. So uh, I believe there will be modifications and changes down the road, but not there at this point. So it's kind of working within what we have for the puck. Uh, the puck, the weight also keeps it down a little bit lower, so it's not rising up on goalies and, and players as much. The net is three feet high instead of four feet high. And as far as equipment goes, there aren't a whole lot of modifications. Are there modifications to the rules also? Well, for example, a player can't skate from their end of the rink all the way down to the goalie and shoot. So if the puck enters the offensive zone before that team can shoot it, they have to make at least one pass within that offensive zone. And then the refs have a special whistle that they will ring or sound, and it makes sound so that the goalie and others know that there's a potential for a shot to come on goal. So there's a lot of audio cues here. There are. Pete, that's one of the things when we always want to get better and we always want to get input from players and, and their families. And that's one of the things that I know we didn't do as well this year that we want to improve upon, which is at times we had more, I guess, stimuli on the ice than we should have probably more activities, more things that took away from the experience from some of our skaters. And so when we think about splitting the ice into two groups, Next year, in addition to the safety and uh, kind of age-appropriate or skill-appropriate skill set, we can also minimize some of those other distractions that I know made it more difficult than it should have been. We've been to competitions of beat baseball in which blind people are playing baseball. And one of the things that we noted there was that the crowd, the spectators, had to be silent 
so that the visually impaired people could take advantage of the audio cues, the beeping ball or the sounds of people running, etc. Yeah. And I wonder how much spectator noise is an issue at some of these events for hockey. Well, yeah, that's a great consideration and yet to be determined in that, uh, and I was going to mention before, even though we've had a full season under our belt, we knew it would be a practice and at the most, maybe a scrimmage type of experience. But uh, we're hoping to connect with team in maybe Indiana and Chicago, for example, to do some kind of regional games in addition to doing national level festivals where 12 teams maybe, for example, come together, which we're going to be doing in St. Paul in August. We're going to have the Blind Hockey Summit, and we will have all the teams from the U.S. as well as Canada coming to play. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. So this year is essentially a building year for you and to learn how you are going to compete in these events and how it was all going to be organized. Yes. So it's a, very much a learning situation for everybody. And I know because of that, probably one of the, hard, uh, the biggest frustrations for some of our older players uh, was that they wanted to have more of a, a game experience. And so we're looking at in addition to playing against others, what kind of modifications can we do so there's still integrity to the game, still dignity for our players, where maybe we have, uh, I'm going to say for the lack of a better term, able-bodied skaters, um, maybe use some kind of a modification so that they are experiencing a loss of peripheral vision or zero vision, that type of thing, to kind of level the playing field and create awareness and then give us opportunity to play on a more even playing field, which is not a good example in the hockey rink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that for some of the younger kids, this was the first time they had been involved in hockey or any sport. And for some of the older people, maybe they went blind later in life and they were just happy to be able to get on the ice again. Can you tell us about some special story of some individual that may stick in your mind or be particularly meaningful to you? Well, first of all, there are more meaningful stories than we would have time to uh, share. But one of them... I remember one of our skaters, Ava, came up to me, and it was our second practice, but her first. And she said to me, when she introduced herself, she said, finally, it's my brother's chance to be jealous of me. So her younger brother who plays hockey is the hockey player in the family, but she was kind of locked out of that type of experience. So for her to be a hockey player meant so much to her and within her family, and so that is just one of many that stands out to me. And Oh, what a boost to someone's self-esteem, especially as a youngster. Oh, and I'll share another story with that. We were skating at the X, which is the home rink of the Minnesota Wild, and it was our first of two practices there. And we were just skating along, and Ava was kind of getting her bearings and, and feeling the, the boards and going side to side, end to end, and feeling the curve of the glass by the player's bench. And she looked at me and she said, Coach Lonnie, why don't they let girls check in hockey? <laughs> I said, Ava, girls are just too tough. <laughs> <laughs> and she made a beeline, skate over to that little brother of hers who plays hockey. And she said, see, I told you. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
just thinking about these, let alone sharing them, kind of bring tears to my eyes, too, and just it comes right back to me. Do you have any other stories you'd like to share about some of your players? One of our players, Nick, who played high school hockey here in the Twin Cities at a high level, started losing his vision after he played high school hockey. And recently we were down in Tampa together for that big festival. And he shared a little bit about how when he started losing his vision, he just kind of locked himself for the most part in his house for a couple of years. And it was a new job and hockey that brought him out of that shell. Wow. And so to know that and then to be down in Florida and see him skating and to know how much, well, here's that word again, but how fun that was. And uh, it just brought things back for him and it really changed, changed things for him. Well, that's great that he was able to come out of his isolation and join the larger community again and actually start having fun. Yes. I could see why you say this job is so much fun for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be part of that is phenomenal. To me, it's such a a blessing and an honor to be doing this and for this to be a vehicle for people to experience that kind of joy. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. May I share another quick story? Sure, certainly. Okay. One of our older players, and I say older, kind of smiling because we're the same age, but uh, Sean grew up skating a little bit, but never played uh, on an organized team or competitively. And uh, not only started to lose his vision, but also his hearing. And so has uh, an implant to hear. And Sean also went down to Tampa and played for the first time ever at this festival with other teams. And I sent a text to his mom some pictures and just a little narrative and she wrote back how excited they were as a family and uh sean and nick ended up winning first place down in tampa and uh to see him wearing that medal and he's always texting me hey lonnie send me that picture of the medal or send me that picture with me and that uh, player and so it's be his words not mine that it's really a dream come true and that's always kind of reinforced when he sends me text messages and just about everything's in caps as he talks about hockey. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you must get very good support from your community, spectators, parents, etc. Yeah, we we have phenomenal support around here. I'd say it starts with, with the players, their interest and their buy-in, and whether it's it's a parent or teacher or others in their lives that um, are helping to make sure that people are getting to practice and, and have everything that they need. At the corporate level, we have some great support from UBS Financial and from the local Hendrickson Foundation, as well as USA Hockey, Minnesota Hockey, and the Minnesota Wild. Um, just really throwing more than their name at it, but really helping us on the ice, off the ice. I appreciate that. Is this a co-ed sport, the way your teams play it? Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, all the way uh, up to the the national level. So anybody can be involved. Anybody can be involved. Nice. Yeah, so the Minnesota Wild Blind Hockey accurately represents the disability side of hockey, where if you want to play, people will work really hard to make sure there's a place for you. Great. 
it's really important that people find a, a good fit and believe that they deserve a place and are valued. So if you want to learn more about ice hockey for people with vision impairments, we've actually done a couple of prior shows on the topic because the folks in Minnesota aren't the only ones doing it. The first one of those was episode 1342, in which we spoke with Gary Steves, who's actually a social worker and television reporter, but in his spare time, he plays ice hockey. And then he connected us with Matt Morrow, who's the executive director of Courage Canada Hockey for the Blind, which is the Canadian Blind Ice Hockey League. And that was episode number 1408. But, you know, so many of these benefits that Lonnie's been talking about, the socialization and the confidence and and everything that people have built playing ice hockey, the same can be said for many other different kind of sports. And if you enter the term sport into the search field on our website, you will come up with dozens and dozens of episodes we've done, whether it's hiking or bicycling or hunting or skiing or tennis or any sport you can think of. And if there's one you want to hear about, shoot us an email and we'll try to cover that sport as well. So make use of that search field. It can be really handy because now we have over 400 episodes in our archives and it's a lot to search through by hand. It's a lot easier to search by keyword or phrase or show number. Check it out. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about playing ice hockey with a visual impairment and how to contact Lonnie Evans directly. So if people in the Minnesota area would like to find out more about your team or possibly even join, where would you send them? Well, we would love to have people visit us and see if that's of interest. So they could find us at mnspecialhockey.org slash blind hockey and we also have a facebook page and that's at facebook.com forward slash mn wild blind hockey and if they had questions for you in particular be happy to speak to folks directly they could give me a call at 952-223-7223 great is there an umbrella organization in the u.s that you're affiliated with? Yes, this all falls under the umbrella of USA Hockey. And as usual, all that information will be contained in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. And that could be another great resource, our show notes, because we realize that people don't always catch all the information that we put into the audio. That goes by quickly and you may not have a Braille writer, slate and stylus, pencil or pen. So go to the show notes and it's all there for every episode. That's it for show number 1930. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about distance running, being guided only by guide dogs. 
And that was actually three guide dogs. Thomas Panic, executive director of Guiding Eyes for the Blind, ran the New York City Half Marathon with a team of three guide dogs. Each of the dogs ran four or five miles, and Thomas did the whole thing. And at the end, they all got medals. So hear about Thomas's wonderful experience doing that. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show, or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.